You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Happy New Year. It is episode 65 of Eurobash. We're back. I'm sure it was a horrendous week for you all last week. <laughs> trying to figure out what else we can listen to, but it's okay. Your queries have been brought to an end as the dynamic duo return once again. Noel, how have you been, my friend? We're very close to this big, big fight on January 18th. I'm great, man. Um, very quiet Christmas, so I'm not really feeling the blues as much as other people. I wouldn't imagine for, for once in my life. Uh, heading into this January, yeah, but looking very much looking forward now to a big year of mixed martial arts ahead. Obviously, starting uh, in two weeks' time, and happy new year to everyone! I, I, I love you all, <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, we hope you had a great one. Um, it's nearly been like a role reversal over this Christmas because I drank the face off myself, <laughs> and uh, Noel's been quite a good boy. But um, I did my best to keep an eye on the news, I didn't succeed, but I will give it a go. I have a four or five points here to fights that have been made over, over the holidays. Which I'll be happy to run through if uh, you'll be happy to listen to me, Noel. Yeah, yeah, why not? Let's do it. This is number one bullshit. Leon Edwards and Tyron Woodley uh, reportedly targeted for UFC London, even though we told you two weeks before uh, that report came out. It is still targeted once again. Mike Grundy v. Makwan Americani is going to happen on that card, according to our good friends at MMA Viking. Nad Naramani v. Nick Lentz is going down on UFC Rally on January 25th. Uh, Arnold Allen already on that card I believe um, Laurent Murphy v Gabriel Benitez is on that London card as well that's a big test for Laurent again two really tough tests he's had since he came in took hug off and now Benitez Q Dalaba uh, against Magomed Ankalov is on the Norfolk card in late February and Davy Grant will take on Louis Smoker on March 28th in Columbus um, yeah that's them all uh, you know Leon Woodley is it going to happen it feels like a lot of talk still about it, nothing quite happening. And of course, Leon slagging the rap career of Tyron Woodley did not go too, go down too well. Tyron saying he won't sign if he keeps on slagging his rap music. Yeah, listen, you don't know what's going on with Tyron. And I, I know he said before he doesn't want to fight overseas, etc. But Just pay the man, let's get it done. Pay the man, get it done. He's fought in Shanghai before, I believe. Um, so I don't see why he wouldn't want a trip to London if he's not going to fight overseas. But yeah, listen, either get that done, get Darren Hill Hermanson done. Get something done. I think just need to get a date announced at this stage because it is sort of frustrating uh, for the fans that they don't know what the main event is and the tickets are on sale again in, like I think, 20 days' time. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Of course, uh, the big talking points of uh, the last week or so um, is the fact that Conor McGregor and John Kavanaugh have finally um, broken their silence, so to speak, ahead of this uh, fight camp. Huge interviews with Oscar Willis, our good friend. Um, number one trending on YouTube, uh, the the McGregor interview. And this is, um, I thought it was quite interesting because I began 
the year kind of thinking there's nothing about this fight. There was no buzz. Uh, but a few things that have happened there, like including them interviews, uh, Connor number one on uh, YouTube. There's also been an ad on uh, during the playoffs or the wildcard matches. I saw Ariel and Damon tweeting about that. Um, yeah, and Saturday night it was the... Uh, look, Great game, actually. I don't really watch it. Oh, but it was I the, heard you. The Titans the, and the the, the Titans and uh, the Bu- the Buffalo Bills. I came in from work and watched it on Saturday night, and it was cool. And yeah, I did. I, I noticed that, and it was uh, you know that's obviously a massive spot to have that yeah. on during that game. And you know the Americans are glued to yeah. those games as well because they are the wild card playoff games, and they're you know there's you know there's uh, no simultaneous broadcasts. You get to see every single game, so it's a huge, huge spot. And I think a lot of people tuned into that game as well when the comeback actually started to happen from a. Uh, from the from uh, the Texans, and that's when the ad came on, yeah. wasn't? Oh, brilliant! Um, yeah, I, look, that's great. That's all huge spots. But look, I tweeted about this. If you, nothing shows the lack of interest in Ireland more so than the Sunday Independent writing an article about this fight, <laughs> getting the name Donald Cerrone's name wrong. They called him Michael Cerrone, and yeah. they also said it was taking place on January sixteenth instead of January eighteenth. Like that's the mainstream sports media in this country. Like, um, I, I don't know how else to exemplify how how little it's kind of having a reverberation over here at the moment that all could change i'm sure the the youtube video has has gone some ways into uh, the youtube interview has gone some ways into yeah, stimulating definitely. interest but still i mean across the board would you say people are now chomping at the bit to see conor mcgregor v donald Cerrone on january 18th no well not not here as we're talking about now it's it's very quiet and i think you know maybe the fact bt sports as well if uh, obviously going to be shown the fight here in europe and pay-per-view and in the uk and ireland um, they've actually started pumping up the broadcasts um, during their big games over the festive period as well might create a little bit of interest. Um, I've seen that a huge amount over on. You were saying, yeah. Uh, every soccer match that's been on, it's been on two, three times. They've mentioned actually on the broadcast as well during the commentary. Um, but yeah, like people here aren't particularly interested. In it. One or two, you know yourself, and people start going, "Oh, you're looking forward to McGregor." Um, you know, is, is you know who's this guy, Cerrone? The, the usual sort of questions we get up in the build up to a fight, but you're not really getting that as much as. We used to in the past, and I think when anyone sort of mentions Connor's name, as we've said over the last year, they don't really give a, a shit. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 very much um, a one eighty of of what it used to be four or five years ago. And I don't feel any buzz for it. I feel like it's very, very, very quiet in Ireland, and I'm I'm not sure um, it's going to go down too well with the Irish public here. Look, you know, we were talking about this before. We uh, oh, we should say where we are. We are in Dun and Crescenza in Dundrum, yeah, very Noel's neck of the woods. Noel didn't even know it was a thing. Um, That's true. Unfortunately, recommended Starbucks again. <laughs> but um, you uh, the the what you were saying there about the 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 media to me on the way up here. Like I mean, yeah. Paul Kimmage went to McGregor fights. Uh, Ken Early used to go to McGregor fights. Yeah. Um, none of these guys are going to this fight. None of them, no. And they're the big they're the big names in sports writing in this country. Yeah, you know? our, yeah. You know, our outlet is neither. We're not. We're not going to be. Covering the event, um, MMA fighting is our outlet. Yes, this, this outlet here. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, obviously the outlet I work for here in the Republic of Ireland. Um, yeah, um, it, listen, it's across the board, PT, and you know, I'd say, look, I can imagine Pundit Arena will send someone over. I can imagine the MacLeod will yeah. definitely be there. Obviously, yeah. it's Connor. Um, you know, I don't even know Severe are going to have people there. No, you know? I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't bet on it. But like, yeah, it's just. It's just like what do you, what do you, what do you say anymore? Because we we've, we've pushed so hard, obviously for, you know, I think we were getting inroads maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, and, and it's just sort of falling flat in its face again. Well, you ca- it's not all that surprising for a McGregor it's fight, not. you know. It's, it's, it's not, not. It's with, not. All, with everything that's gone on. Um, it's not that surprising for me. But um, we need to talk about these interviews. Yeah, uh, the, we do. the 
huge, of course, a uh, hu- huge um, amount of traction on these interviews. Um, I guess the positives I took from Connor's interview is he looks in great shape, and like you know, he sounds very positive. Like he, he's saying he wants Usman. He's saying Habib is scared. Um, you know, the negatives are I don't really believe him. You know, like I mean, I used to when I saw him being interviewed, it was like it was so off the cuff. Um, it felt like there was so much wit, charm, charisma, and this. There was no funny lines in these interviews. It was very forced, very serious. Uh, Did you find it forced at parts? McGregor, no, I just found him very cautious to what he usually is. You know, I don't, I, I, I like. I mean, he's saying the right things. Like he's in the shape. Like he looks in great shape. Um, all this stuff, but I, I don't believe it the way I used to believe it. Like I can remember I interviewed him in 2014 or 2015. And he was telling me he's going to be a three weight division champion in the UFC. Yeah. Like that sounds crazy now. Back then, I was like, I believed him when he said it to me because you knew he believed it. I don't know. Like he might believe it himself, but it's the same thing as I got from the aerial interview back in the, uh, for ESPN three months ago. The same thing I heard when I listened to that Tony Robbins interview. I was like, "He's saying all the right things, but I'm just not buying it." Yeah, I, I, I agree. That air of inv- like I could inv- be wrong. The, the air of invincibility is gone. It could be. It could be mar- Like I mean, my my opinion could be based on the fact that we had more access to him back then. We saw him at the at the height of his power. But certainly, no, I agree. it's not the same vibe, it's, not, right? it's definitely not the same vibe. I think that air of, of, of real sort of assurance and invincibility and what he's going to do and, and how he's going to set it out. Um, but what I'll tell you, you know, the one interesting thing where I actually did sort of think, you know, he had a little bit of a laugh when he mentioned Justin Gaethje. And he but he didn't say anything about him. He didn't have a funny line about him. He was like, oh, yeah. Justin, says, Justin says a lot or something. And then Oscar starts laughing and he laughs. Right. But... But, but 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 what I think is right. Maybe he used to say like things moment, like he, he's he he's just wants to get this fight out of the way and be serious, right? That's you know he's had one fight in the, in the octagon in three years, right? He needs this win. We know how much he needs this win. Maybe he'll loosen up a little bit after this because there is a lot of pressure on him going oh, into huge. this. Um, you know he talked about you know Gaethje as well. As I mentioned there, he mentions you know oh Gaethje's you know Bushins are being pushed by what I'm saying he thinks online and stuff he's taking to heart and he saw a little grin on his face when he said that but where was yeah. the funny lines where's about like yeah. why don't we give Uriah's chin um, a round car to make it walk around the octagon like it's not that's that's hilarious yeah. like where is the comedy where is the, the I, quick mind I, I think he's feeling the pressure you know I've said that and I think that's what a lot of the interview was it was as if as though he's a massive massive chip on his shoulder more so than normal he's a point to prove um, I found you know points of it very frustrated maybe is probably the word to use um, yeah okay yeah that's a good and, point and um, you know I think he's, he's really out the Masvidal fight if we want to go down that line I think he's as you said there three weight world champion you know he got very very sort of excited when Oscar asked him about Usman. the gold and the Usman and I think it's more I actually think it's probably maybe a more winnable fight for him Usman? yeah I don't know. The, the, the I, I think, I'm not sure. I, I think he's a mile away from that co- title conversation, to be honest. Yeah, no, I think he is. And I think, you know, I don't want to see him go to, to well the way that, as, as I tweeted there, you're right. I think there's too much, too much to do with 55. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let him fight Leon. That'll be a good one. But, um, yeah, I just found. What did you find? Like, what? Like, I mean, the positives that you well, took up, the took, way he was talking about Gaethje and stuff like at that. At least he took responsibility. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, he was very much sort of contradicted himself from what he said in the RLA interview he said Ariel you know there was there was resentment towards the camp so listen let's hope that's uh, been no, washed he, away from, from, from Connor's point of view he said that it was his own 
lack of commitment that made him feel that way in fairness when he talked to Ariel he was saying like you know it's it's he felt slighted you know by Kavanaugh saying that he uh, that he hadn't watched the fight and by Kavanaugh saying that um, I can't remember what else it was but we have we have the, we have Kavanaugh's interview to talk about as well but that's the one that like I mean I've talked about this before the Habib fight and everybody was jumping down my neck and then he yeah the silence from the camp doesn't fill me with confidence. Like, we got one of two interviews before these two interviews. Yeah. One was Roddy with us. The other one was King Cowley with, with Severe before his fight with Brave. Um, and that silence was never a staple of a McGregor camp. In fact, he was in so many publications, it felt like you couldn't get away from him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you'd, be, you'd, be, <laughs> you'd be trying to get away from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, look, I understand that maybe this is a different process. Uh, that is his website. Um, he is obviously making money off putting his interviews out there and not doing them for anyone else like that. Big Paramatch sponsor there yeah. at the front says to me that they're a big sponsor ahead of this camp uh, that carry, also carried on the John Kavanagh interview. So, you but, know, he's monetizing the media from his camp. Yeah, That's fair but, enough. But I do agree with you. I, think, I just want to finish yeah, this sorry. point. Um, like, I have great respect for Oscar. I said it before. He's one of the, the, the bright young stars in this media game. But it's not the same McGregor talking to the McLeod as it is him talking to everyone else there. No. You know, like there's even cuts in the McGregor interview that we can see. Like there's visible cuts like yeah, at the end of answers. And in John's one and, as well. And I'm yeah. like, what I'd love to see what's happening there, you know, like what did he did he get a bit more passionate about something there? Um it's just not the same. Um and has he lost that level of comfort that we saw that where where he's speaking off the cuff, where he's joking, where he's effortlessly making these one liners, these these puns, like has he lost that level of comfort well, that he used so. to have with the media? Yeah, I think so. I think that's where the, you know, the, the Habib loss, that's where it comes from. And things got so dark so quickly with that fight and the whole build up to that fight. That and afterwards. Yeah, and afterwards. And obviously, you know, him being in, in, in the spotlight here in Ireland and being, you know, obviously in, in the US as well. Um, so that's where I think the serious element has come in here. He's realised that he has to go out here and make, not just a win, a statement. And, you know, when John's talking, we'll, we'll get to John's in a minute, but he's talking about four or five rounds. That doesn't fill me with, with a lot of confidence either, to, to be honest with you. So I think you're dead right in what you said there uh, when we get to speak about John uh, and his interview. Um, but it was just sort of weird. He goes, you know, he also said, here's some direct quotes from Connor. I made the changes. <laughs> that kind of goes you know, with what John was saying, right? Yeah, it sort of links in in back, and, and then he then he said, you know, I have a strong team behind me that are pushing me, guiding me the right way, and I'm guiding myself, which is the main thing. <laughs> this is, you know, in a situation like that, you know, from from most fighters I'd speak to uh, over the years, and I'm sure you're on the same boat that they look for a leader, they look yeah. for the guidance. It's it's not. It's that usually way so around. much respect. Like it's nearly like if you listen to Stoilbender talking about. Um, if you listen to the, the story about talking about Eugene Behrman, he's like reveres him. Like yeah. it's like you're talking about his dad nearly. I don't think it's in this case. I think no, you know, I'm no, not but sure like, like Eugene Behrman, I can remember. I'm pretty sure he said this on the record. And apologies if he didn't. But I can remember I was speaking to him about John Jones yeah. and Stoilbender because obviously they have this beef going. And I was like, I asked him the question on the interview. Yeah, it's in the interview, and uh, I say to him, "Do you ever get?" afraid that you're going to lose control of me he goes all the time I worry about it and I think about it all the time and he goes but, but he goes if it ever happened 
a situation like John Jones happened with him where he's acting like, out like he is, I'll just have a few lads beat the shit out of him down the gym. Treat them, throw them in a room, beat the shit out of them. Yeah. Like, that is the type of fear you need to have for your coach. Like, well, a healthy well, respect like, you know, and a healthy reverence, you know? Yeah, it's like the same with Eddie Alvarez and, and Frankie Edgar with Mark Henry. They look at him as a, as a father figure. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's like his son. He, he says it to him, and I think it's the same with you know a lot of the coaches we know. So I found... That There's some red flags, sort of right? Surprise. That, that's, a, that's a huge red flag for me. Here's another one, right? He says to Oscar at one stage, he goes, about a year ago, I started to take things seriously. In the last year, he smashed a guy's phone in April. He hit a guy in a bar in April. And there's other things we can't talk about that's happened in the last year. I mean, do you feel as though he's been in the gym diligently for the last year? Well, I wouldn't say a year. I'd say the last... It's hard to believe, right, with all this yeah, shit going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd say since the summer. I'd say six months. Yeah. Um, that Late summer. Sort of from what we'd see here in the Irish media and the, and the allegations and things like that, you, you would think that maybe he's got his act together since maybe July and, or July yeah. or August. So I don't know where um, he's getting the year from because it certainly didn't seem to be, see, seem to be the case. Well, but we were uh, questioning, this time last year, we were questioning if he'd ever fight again, you know? Yeah, um, well, yeah you know, that's, that's it. So listen, hopefully it's A lot changed. of questions. A lot Even of more questions than answers coming from the interview. I think so, yeah. yeah. I do, I do. Definitely um, agree. John Cavanaugh, let's move on to John. Huge, um, hugely polarizing interview in, in the sense that I, look, the, again, let's start with the positives. He, he's saying that Connor's the best he's ever seen him. Um, he's confident he can get the finish. He's confident Connor can compete at 154 with that title again. Once again. He's confident it's going to go to championship rounds. Yeah. So. I mean, that's all positives, I guess. But I'm, like, the negative is I'm left confused as to what John's role is in the camp after that. Because he says that Connor is basically doing this whole thing. He's saying their job is to get out of his way so he can do things. And when Connor has made a point of saying that the, the lack of regiment and structure led to his downfall in the Habib camp, and Owen Roddy has also said that to us, you're leaving him to organize his whole camp. Yeah. I feel like that's well, a well, very well, stressful thing well, to do. Well, it's very contradictory to what, what Roddy said. Roddy said to us, and, or to you, that he got the discipline back and he's, he's, it's a more regimented training regime. And then John's come out and said, you know, it's up to Connor. He's, yeah. uh, I thought that quote was... was absolutely fascinating and he doesn't want to train he doesn't have to train or something um, and uh, the, the other quote you know all of us getting out of his way yeah you know I'm just I'm, I'm actually a little bit flabbergasted still that I'm, I'm listening to that again because look I put this out right he makes it very clear in that interview that Connor is at the helm of this camp yeah and I put that out there I'm like well you know, last time he said the structure was a problem, and then everyone's like, "I think he's been misinterpreted." That's hey, a video no, interview. No, no, he hasn't. You been watch the interview. You listen to the question. Listen to him answering. He, said, no he said, uh, "said on more than one occasion." Oh yeah, several um, times about it. All of us getting out of his way. Then he said, "Connor knows more about uh, fighting than all of us put together," which I think might be a little bit disrespectful to did some you, of the lads. Yeah, of course. Did you hear Faraz Zahabi talking about this? He did an interview. About no, that. I didn't hear Faraz. Faraz said, "If it is a case where John is saying that this guy knows more than all of us, it's terrible." He goes, "Like even when you're building an aircraft, right?" Take it away from fighting. It's about the, con- the same confidence. person that works on the left engine can't work on the right engine because he might have a flaw on that left engine, yeah. and it, and if he does the same thing on the right engine, yeah. it'll be a problem. Uh, he also says that when he's working with GSP, he'll come at it in a different way. He won't be like, um, you know, it's more of a communication process where yeah. he says, yeah. "This is what I'll add in. This is what I'll add in." But he says, at no point does he feel like he's not contribu- contributing something. Like you know, he feels as though every time when there's a leader when they walk into the gym, he. 
Faraz is saying what's happening. Faraz is telling them what drills we're doing, what we're doing today, this is sparring, blah, blah, blah. It needs to be structured. Like Fighters, I think, look for that in, in a coach. Is They want that regiment in place, even with Paul and Duke. you know, It's very much, uh, okay, we're doing our, our pad session at 2 p.m., then we're going to go, you're going to go off with, with, with Daniel Vanderlei, you're going to do jits for, for three look, rounds. Look at the best fighters in the world. Israel yeah. Asanya right now. Uh, Jorge Masvidal and Mike Brown. Yeah. Like, all of these people... But fighters need direction, and I think Connor's at but a that's vo- what I'm saying. A vo- All of them. I think he's, you know, remember I, I spoke maybe you know last year, year and a half ago that I, I, I wouldn't have minded seeing Connor maybe go off on a different route and do something else, and I, you know I still sort of think that because this has know, made it, me kind of feel that a bit more. It, it, it's a good, it's a good fresh start. Um, it's a good guidance. It'd be good discipline. It'd be something that um, would you know obviously regiment him in the right way because he's clearly a guy who needs to be regimented um, and I think you know he, he's admitted that in the past you know you know keeping him in the gym that's when he's at his best at his most focused and and you know I just worry I do I worry after this, hearing comments this, like that this is the thing a, right? there's a lack of real leadership Here, here's the thing as well um, this was another quote that was said to be misinterpreted by the greatest sports journalist in Ireland Paul Kimmage which so I definitely doubt that there's any misinterpreting here like I, I believe that Kavanaugh said this and then later regretted it because he says this Kimmage asked him like you know um, would you do like you know what, what's next for Connor? he says I'd have to be convinced to go again um, and then Kimmage says really and Kavanaugh says direct quote yeah I love him I love the whole journey we've had but I'd need a good why it might be Diaz again because he promised that fight it might be a rematch with Habib but if it was just, well, they want me to fight that guy, I think I'd say, I wish you the best. Here's a quote from the Oscar interview. I think his motivation is even more because the Diaz fight was definitely, okay, we're going to train hard for four months. I want to get that rematch. I shouldn't have got, I shouldn't have lost it uh, the way I lost. I think that was the motivation and the mentality. This one is different because it's not a rematch against Khabib. It's just a fight. So he just said, like, I don't, I'm not going to yeah, do yeah, it if it's yeah. just a fight. And now he's doing just a fight. Yeah. Like this is this is very mixed messages, and we're not doing our job if we don't bring this up because it's very contradictory. And there's no complete line. There's no definite definite thing that we mm. really know about this camp at the yeah. moment. It's confusing for the fighter as well, which I think is the most sort of and look, d- detrimental Connor, thing. He starts hearing those things. Connor referenced that in his interview with Ariel. Yeah. He says that you know he needed to, he felt slighted by that, and I guess that's why. It was misinterpreted all of a sudden. But well, he said similar things, and I think that when he did the True Geordie interview and admitted he hadn't spoken to Connor since the fight, and that was, I think, sometime in, in, in whenever, March or April. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting as well. So, so again, that would th- fly in the face of the I've been yeah. preparing for a year. Th- that's what I'm saying, and there's been a lot of obviously making up doing here. And, you know, is that a good thing as well? That's another thing when I when I go back and look at that. You know, all this, this resentment that was that was there, and there was he felt slighted, as you said, and... You know, is that a good thing? You know, can you make up a relationship like that? In, you know, in a six-month period, I don't know. I think it's tough, man. I, I really do. And I look, think they, they know each other better than we yeah, do. Them, of course. Um, so you'd hope so. Like at the, at the end of the day, I, when this fight was announced, I was like, "That's a great fight for Connor." Um, I still think it's a great fight for Connor Sorry, in terms well, yeah. of the matchup, the style matchup. But these haven't. I thought the more I'd hear from him, the more Co- promising it would seem. Confidence you get. I don't. I feel the opposite after the weekends. Yeah. And yeah. I think I think I think as we mentioned earlier on, the four and five, you know, John Cavanaugh has never, I don't think, gone outside of two rounds in his predictions. Yeah. What does that say? I don't know what it you says. Know, it, I'm it, really confused. You know, it is confusing. You know, does it say that he wants him to go a few extra rounds to get back into the groove? Does it say that he wants, uh, you know, um, that he wants Connor to show his case more of his skills? I don't know what it says. Um, 
and I, I just did. You know, it's, it's it's all a bit of a clusterfuck at the moment in in terms of how you're thinking. But I guess that's the intrigue with, with, with Connor as well. And man, he's probably lapping this shit up, shit up. People just going laughing on, at us. on Twitter, <laughs> laughing at us. But you know, I think there is no. There's definitely more of a serious element this year, and I think maybe everything that's gone on and he's feeling the pressure a little bit and. And, and rightly so, and he should be feeling the pressure because it's, it's a career-defining moment. If he loses this fight, it's very hard to, to look at a way back for, for Conor McGregor. It really is. Yeah, I mean, the Diaz fight's always going to be there, right? Is it? Yeah. Well, I think they're going to look at it. I think, <laughs> they're, looking, I think they're looking at Masvidal next to, ahead of that, but but anyway, listen. No, but if he loses. Yeah, if he loses, yeah. It's, Diaz. it's obviously there, yeah. yeah. Um, but I can't see him finishing his career without that trilogy fight. Ah, forget about it. I don't want to see it. Like, I still feel like, to be honest, like I still feel as though it's that much of a good style matchup for Connor that he should win. I'm still confident. Like I, I still think he, he will win uh, at the moment. But that didn't fill me with confidence. Yeah. I know, I agree. I think he should win the fight. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I, Whereas Cowboy, we don't really know where he's at in his career. See, this at the is the moment, thing I was so. also thinking about. Cowboy does this every single one of his camps. Like, he's always the, the, the main lad, is he not? Cowboy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, he, he is that bad motherfucker ranch. He just brings a lot of lads out there. That's, <laughs> that's what he does. does. Yeah. That's what he does, you know. And yeah, well, Cowboy's similar enough to that. But, yeah. Well, then you have you've Tony as well, who does the same thing up yeah, in Big yeah. Bear. And, you know, he brings. But but Tony does. Different minds, they. Tony does have a head coach. He's someone. Yeah. Someone tell him to do. And I think he respects that. But, um, yeah, it's it's just odd. Um, you know, man, I don't know. More I questions than answers, though. I think more questions than yeah. answered. And. Um, yeah, I'm not filled with confidence, especially after uh, hearing John. If if we could ask John one question about it, it would be, why did you let him fight with a broken foot against Habib? Yeah. If that was the case. And if something like that happened again during this camp, would you pull him? And would you would he listen to you if you said, Connor, you can't take this fight? Yeah. I'd probably ask him, um, you know, why did Connor question the, you know, the tactics? Potentially in that fight. Um, in that I think Connor's answered that, hasn't he? The defensive thing. You know, we should have focused on his strengths more. Well, I thought it was very odd going to kick in a, kick in a, a wrestler in the first round. Mm. Well, look, we all can't have yeah. Noel McGrath in our corners. That's it. You all can't have me. <laughs> Take down experts. Right, uh, right. right, let's get on with our first interview of the day. The prospect list is back. Um, my European prospect list has proved quite lucrative for people to be named on over the last two years. 60% of the 2018 list went on to sign for major promotions. 50% of the 2019 list so far have gone on to sign for major promotions. This year, the featured fighter, the, the poster boy, if you will, of the European uh, prospects list is none other than Cage Warriors lightweight champion, <laughs> Joy, Joy Herbert. Thanks for that, Noel. Um, he is, seems to be on the verge of signing for the UFC. It seems all very close. So we caught up with the Black Country Banger ahead of a big 2020, and uh, we got his thoughts on whether it will be a possibility for him to get his UFC debut at UFC London on March 24th. So we'll be back in a few minutes to talk about what happened over the Christmas and to have a look at that prospects list. Thank you very much. Finally, we are joined by the man that we can reveal as the featured prospect to watch in 2020. It is the Canon. The Black Country <laughs> banger, the the Cage Warriors lightweight champion, Mister Joy Herbert. It feels like something big is coming in twenty twenty. Joy, do you feel the same way as we feel? Um, yeah, man, I'm feeling I'm feeling very happy still. <laughs> yeah, um, I hope I hope something big's coming, mate. But uh, I I heard nothing. Nothing. Yeah, I'm still waiting on the phone call. To be honest with you. 
they like to keep you guys waiting. As uh, from my experience, that's what I'm thinking, bro. <laughs> Do you my Eddie, mate? I'm telling you. <laughs> Is it fair to say that 2019 was it was the best year of your career? Yeah, uh, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Yeah. Um, obviously, winning the Cage Boys World Title, you know, uh, top belt, you know, like former. Um, it's been held by you know Conor McGregor, um, Fish Gold, you know some top guys who held that belt. Um, so I got my hands on it. You know, it was, it was one of the one of the best best things in my career so far. But there's still a lot more. To yes. You know what I mean? And and like I mean, it it feels like like there's so many highlights in that year. Uh, like the Jack yeah. Grant fight was unbelievable. Steve O'Keefe, one of the best grapplers going. You 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 kind of. You got through his early storm and then KO'd him. And then, of course, Carrizozo to... Sorry, not Carrizozo. Was it Carrizozo to finish out the year? Um, with, the, uh, with the first round knockout. And then we're, we're, we're like... You've done everything you need to do. You've, you've knocked off the top contender. You've claimed the belt. You've beaten a UFC veteran. What, what was your highlight out of that year? Um, my, um, my... I don't know. My best performance... I wouldn't say my best performance, but I like the, I like the, the old key fight I did. I felt like... You know, um, I was watching his fights before, and he was getting people to the ground. And in the first round, he was just like, just smashing them, boom, getting the sub, quick thing. You know what I mean? First round, quick thing, and then the ways I it, it happened in the in the fight. He got me on the on the, on the ground, and um, you know, I weathered the storm. About three different sub attempts, I got out of them, and then I got to my feet and you know, finished the fight. So I felt like you know that showed. You know, I'd, 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 my improvements, especially going to Team Renegade and the, the improvements I made in such a short space of time, and like you know, that I, that was my favorite favorite moment of the team. I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but it, that that was my best fight anyway. My favorite fight, I've got to say that. Yeah, I agree with you. Like what what was really impressive to me about the O'Keefe fight was uh, well I actually I, I thought the grand fight was unbelievable but the, the thing that was crazy about the O'Keefe fight was he completely dominated the fight up until he gave you one opportunity and that's all you needed you took the only opportunity yeah. he gave you it was it's pretty crazy to, to see a guy who has that kind of finishing intent like you you seem to be able to smell blood better than nearly any other prospect in Europe at the moment well, like you say yeah that, that, that's how I felt it went you know um, he, he was he was dominating the fight on the ground um, I, but you know what? I knew I knew it was gonna go that way. But like, I just I just um, I, I stayed safe and I just waited for my opportunity. And I, I just I, and it was there. And as soon as I got it, bang! It was over. Now, no, no missing. Absolutely. Now I know you you said at the, the top of this interview that you haven't heard anything. It does feel as though everybody is feeling this is going to happen for you. Like, even Graham Boylan has not stopped saying it. This man is ready. Even Paddy Pimblett, like a former champion with Cage Warriors, a guy, a guy who wants to be in the UFC himself, he was like, Joy's ready to go. He could go tomorrow. Like, that, that, there's no doubt about that. And then even yeah. Leon, Leon Edwards, who, who we still don't know if he's going to headline it, but it seems like him and Tyron Woodley could headline this card. He's saying it too, your teammate at Renegade. Are you confident at, that, at this given moment that it will happen, or, uh, or, or are you kind of getting that sinking feeling? No, I'm not getting a sinking feeling. I, I, feel, um, I feel it will happen, but I just don't. Um, it might not happen as soon as um, we're expecting. But I'm, I'm, then again, I'm thinking oh, they might just ring and say, yeah, yeah, you can get in. But they're saying, obviously, they've got to cut a few guys yes. before I can get in, and that's what they're saying. Um, I understand it's a business at the end of the day, and, uh, you know, they can't just keep <laughs> employing people as, as as such. Like So, 
they, they have got to cut guys and keep the roster a certain a certain amount of people uh, fighters. Sorry, uh, so I understand that, but I think I think I think they'll get me in. To be honest with you, I think I think so. What I'm what I'm doing is where I'm going to get. I'll be ready anyway for um for for, the, for when the call. Yeah, that's what you got to do. You got to stay ready, yeah. So. I feel, yeah. I feel like it's just it would be so perfect for you to debut on the London card if Leon does get that headline fight with, with Woodley because then you yeah. become so visible just by association because you know uh, Leon has yeah, talked exactly. you up so much uh, you've talked Leon up so much about the wrestling classes you've done with him but I mean if he's there on fight week and he's saying hey what, watch out for my teammate um, he's unbelievable he's the Cage Warriors champion this is his first fight he's a knockout artist I feel like that's the perfect um, that's the perfect way for you to enter the UFC fray you know most definitely most definitely get my um, get my name about um, and uh, get me get me big fights which I want and, one of big names man yeah and it would be the beginning of the Birmingham revolution which we talked about <laughs> the last time I mean it does feel like that area and Renegade in particular is just producing so much talent like I feel like UFC London's a great jump off point to, to showcase that to the world yeah, most definitely. Like, it's 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 coming back to that uh, again. What you were saying about like the SBG, like O'Connor, mm. and then all the other, you know, he, he bought bought all them through. Didn't he? Anything like with Leon, and then he's gonna start, you know, bring people through as well. And then they'll show it would, like shows how much um, talent he's in he's in Birmingham on the Midlands at the minute. And I, I like like I feel I feel we're the, we're the best team in um, Europe. To be fair, yeah, it's hard um, to argue with it. It's hard to argue with that point, man. Really so is. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Got like some really top guys there. We've got guys that have just joined as well, that are top level, top level guys too. So, yeah, we got we take over continues. Yes, absolutely. I believe uh, one thing. One thing I, I I love about you. I think it's fantastic. I love seeing prospects that still have a full time job. Like as in you are beating all this ass as well as doing a nine to five job. I think that is unbelievable. Can you can you tell me a bit about your job? Yeah, man, it's just um, I'm scaffolding. I've been scaffolding since I was, since I was seventeen. Um, yeah, man, it's just been a graft, like to be fair, absolute graft. But uh, you just get used to it, to be honest with you. I mean, I just um, what did I do this this morning? I got up at like uh, it was quarter past five. I had to leave at six, start work at seven in the yard. You know, unloading, loading the lorries, going to the job, grafting on the job, get back to the yard about half four. Um, then boom, got home about half oh, five, and quick, quick little uh, chill out and that. I sort to eat and that. Then go. I'm gonna fly to the gym about seven. Yeah. I've been, been to the gym, gym to about couple to about nine and that, and then uh, get home and repeat it again. But it's one of them ones, isn't it? At the end of the day, I got, I got, you got to earn money in it. You got to um, live. My missus is pregnant now, isn't it? So um, congratulations. I got a, yeah, thanks very much. Uh, she's got a ba- the baby's due on in June, so. Boy, I got I got to eat, man, and uh, got other people got you know I got I got to feed other people as well. I really respect so, yeah, that, but man. yeah, yeah, man, it's all, it's all good, man. I enjoy it, you know what I mean? In in a way, I enjoy it, but like obviously, I don't enjoy getting up early in the morning and that. And, <laughs> who does? Like, I, you know, who does in it? Like, but it's just it's good in it when you're earning it and the honest living. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, it's a good thing. Do you uh, did you ever take uh, like I know I know a lot of guys who who are MMA fighters who also work full time. Did you ever kind of give a give it a go of, of, of making it your full time occupation, or have you always kept this job throughout your fighting career? Yeah, but I've always kept the job. Like I, I just like yeah, I've always kept the job because I just I, I like I ain't really 
I know I could I could probably start doing PTs and stuff like that, but um, I don't know what else to do. To be honest, I just got on scaffold. That's all I know to do, and I'm fighting basically. So uh, that's all I know. So that's all I know. But one day, I'll, yeah, it'll definitely be um, it'll pay off, and I'll be um, I'll be doing it full time. But I say that to you, but I do like you know because at this level I fight at, I have to like have like four or five weeks off before the fight. So what I did my last fight with Kent Carrizosa, um five weeks before the fight, I had them completely off. So a lot was obviously like training twice a day and um you know, with down at Renegade in the morning and, and nights and stuff. So you know, I have to I still have to have time off. Um but in but like after like I I, I flattened him on Saturday and then I was I was back on the tools on Monday, you know what I mean? So it's like <laughs> This <laughs> is what I'm saying. And I was by my, my, my boss. He's like, yo, get that job done. Like, I have bubble team bloody K world champ. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's amazing. That's how it is. What do you think you're better at? Are you better at scaffolding or, or fighting? You told me you just know how to do Oh, fighting, things. mate. Fighting. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> maybe that's where your boss is it's so not going to that one <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know if, if the UFC comes along Joy, like, uh, do you feel like that would be a good time to, to step away from scaffolding or do you believe that will be a constant you'll always have that in the background no matter nah 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 nah, nah I'll, um, I'll definitely be down full time um, with the UFC 100% you have to anyway with them, them, them level guys you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, yeah you, 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 you can't have a job on the side really I don't think especially not um like a full-time manual job like that. Um, I'll definitely be doing it full-time. But with all them bonus, bonus checks I'll be getting anyway, fl- <laughs> not be flat, I don't need to work, big man. Yes, you know yes. I mean? <laughs> Oyo, the only time I ever see you as a braggadocious person or, or kind of swagger to you is after you knock someone out. I never see you talking smack that much. I never see you trying to royal people up. And, and sometimes I feel as though, like I see I see guys with much less plaudits, way worse records acting like that. And I feel like sometimes when someone has a full-time job, when someone has, you know, as you have a, a child on the way at home, it makes them just a lot more mature. Do you feel as though like having a job and having things going on outside the, the cage itself, does that make you kind of a more grounded person? Because I sometimes feel that about you when I watch you. Yeah, I think you've probably hit the nail on the head there. You know, but um, like, like you said, it's more. I'm just like I don't know how to explain that. But you, what you said is 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 right. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like I think people have got probably got too much time in their hands. Whereas <laughs> I ain't got the time. Not my my missus always like you need to start posting. You need to be posting Instagram. You know, you think I'm like, well, I'm just doing that work. I mean, I'm going to have a quick coffee and a little a little piece of toast and that before I gotta go to the gym I can't be asked putting his stuff on Instagram or saying all these people I ain't bothered about it like, you know what I mean yeah. you know but yeah yeah it's just it's one of them ones it? but like like I say I think, I'm 31 as well you gotta think as well like and a lot of these people are younger than me you look and so young for and that, like, I know mate you know they say black don't crack you know what I mean <laughs> I wish I, <laughs> I got freckles man I <laughs> <laughs> I, I, nah, but yeah, like yeah, it's it's one of them ones, mate. Like obviously, I just can't it's whatever in it. Like at the end of the day, I just need to let my let my fighting do the talking, really. Yes. And I and I feel like a lot of people annoy me when they just like you said, like people at the, like less less um. What do you say? Less plaudits? Is that what you said? Yeah, they have less, less they, more they like, aren't, they aren't achievements just, yes, and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I, I feel it just like, winds me up as well. So that's why I don't, I don't even get into it with people on Instagram and stuff. Cause it's just me up because they don't know what the chip, they don't know what they're fucking talking about. Basically, and you don't you don't fuck all. You fought no one. 
So I just he's, he's exactly you can't argue with stupid, can you? So I just don't I just don't get in, get into it with people basically. So I feel even if you're not on Instagram, Joy, I gotta tell you, you're an amazing interview. You're cracking me up here uh, every oh. time. But uh, yeah, absolutely. But um, uh, just a <laughs> no, final fun. just a final question. Um, you know, we talked about. Like, how much would this change your life if that contract does come with a child on the way? As you said, you have a full-time job now that you'd be able to quit and focus fully on fighting. Like, how, how much of a life-changing situation would that be? Um, it, trust me, it, it'd be amazing. Absolutely. It'd be amazing. So, the, 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 as well, I'll be able to concentrate on um, the MMA so much more as well. It'd just be like, it'd just be like, it'd be like my job. So I'll be like doing it, I'll just be doing it like as I'm going to my job in the morning. It just so like, it improved me like tenfold as well. So it, it just changed my life, you know what I mean? And people around me as well. well so I just for the day, which is coming very soon. I'm still believe it. I believe it too, my friend, and I hope it comes very quickly. Uh, a pleasure to speak to you as always, my friend, and all the best this year. Okay. Okay, brother. Thanks. Uh, thanks for the um, phone call, bro. Appreciate ya. No hassle. I'll talk to you soon when you have that UFC London fight booked, right? And what a pleasure it was to speak to Joy. I, I feel like he will have a really big year. We're all pushing for him to get that debut on the London card. Um, it's been an amazing resurgence for him under the Cage Warriors banner, hasn't it, Noyla? Unbelievable, man. And I think the one thing you can take from Joy is just the improvements he's made since losing to Reese McKee. We've seen a little bit of Everton from him and, and that resolve and that striking has come on tenfold. Big, big year for Joy, in my opinion. Um, one of the top prospects um, in the promotion. In Europe, in Europe, um, yeah, definitely. The uh, I think it would also help him if Leon does get that fight with Woodley. Him being on the card and them being together all fight week would would definitely. push him to a new stratosphere. It, it, it always does. I think when guys, teammates, and, and guys you know each other are on the same, um, you know, training camp going into a fight, it creates obviously a feel good factor. And there's a lot of momentum going in, and they're working towards the same goal effectively. And to have Leon's experience as well, and you know, making his debut under him with him on the same card would be invaluable. I'm just going to go through this list very quickly. Uh, I know all of you have already seen this, so, um, well, I don't know if all of you have, but it's certainly out there if you want to. Uh, <laughs> Joy Herbert, obviously the featured fighter on this year's list. Next is Svetlana Gotsik from um, the Ukraine. She's fantastic. She's only 23, 13 and 4. Won the WWFC title in September, I believe it was. Another guy I'm really, really excited about, and... Um, this recommendation came from Asha uh, from MMA Nyit, and I kind of went into a bit of a rabbit hole with this guy after he sent me Shamzat Chimiev. Um, unbelievable. Fights at 170 and middleweight. He's 6-0 from Sweden. Only a young fella. He's fighting for the, the brave title, uh, as reported by MMA Nyit. Um, I think it's in February. So, um, huge guy. Just watch out for him. He, he's got a beautiful uppercut knockout last year. Uh, really, really good. I put Morgan Charrier on the list, even though I feel as though it's a really tough ass to see him beating Mads Burnell. He's got the following. He's from France. It's a big It's a big area. It's a big neck of the woods. And really, if he does manage to somehow beat the unbelievable Mads Burnell, he will. I mean, yeah, of course. He'll be knocking right in the door for the UFC. And yeah. he, I feel like he's a, a big commodity as well. Um, Cesare Kesic, who uh, got onto our radar through KSW. Um you know, Alan Murphy speaks very highly of this dude. I, I, he had four wins in 2019 after a two-year layoff, 11-0. Yeah. and 0. Really, really good middleweight there. And, and look, it, 
with the la- with, with Askham cutting through the division the way he is, Kessie could be a guy who, who's fighting for that title next year. This is the, the heaviest record on the whole list is a fella called Kusian Askhabov, who is the uh, WWFC bantamweight to- champion. He used to be the featherweight champion. His twin brother is now the featherweight champion. He's twenty and oh. Still lacking some really big tests. I think his best win is probably against Donovan Desme. Uh, he needs a big marquee win, I'd say, before the big international banners come after him. Mandy Baum, um, an SPG Ireland fighter. I didn't actually realise this. Uh, she is 6-0, and and she won the TKO Flyweight uh, Championship earlier uh, in 2019. The last TKO champion... Uh, that we featured on this list was none other than Cyril Gann. So maybe the German will have a similar uh, trajectory into the main, li- the, the big leagues next year. Modestus Bukaukas, I feel like light heavyweight was a tough one, but you know, taking out Martin Hamlet at Night of Champions. Martin Hamlet, I thought he was he was um, he was a given for th- for this list this year, but Modestus KO'd him and yeah. then. Um, Betting the Siglia before the end of the year and, and Graham Boylan's column for the UFC. Usually, Graham Boylan is telling you you're already. The, the contract ever is coming yeah, pretty yeah. pretty swiftly afterwards. Uh, Mansour uh, F from ACA, he's fighting for the flyweight title uh, in February as well, I believe, against another unbeaten prospect. He's really, really good, very, very young. And and finally, Stephanie Egger, you might remember her from defeating King Reina earlier this year at, at Royce, and she also won the Best Throw Award at this year's ADCC 2019 when she she got a Sionag on Gabby Garcia, so no mean feat there. Gabby. She was meant to fight on Aries Fighting Championship on their debut show earlier th- earlier in 2019. Cut but short. It, but it, it didn't happen. So I think with a promotion like that, they, they are kind of positioning themselves as a feeder league for the UFC between Africa and, and maybe France and Europe. So I feel like that's a good place for the Swiss fighter to be in. Rug, rug. It's quite uh, <laughs> Yeah, we wish he was European. Unfortunately, yeah. he's not. No ah. heavyweights on this year's list. Um, I didn't feel like there was a definite heavyweight in Europe that I was like oh he's brilliant you know? yeah well I think the ones even in the UFC you're sort of gone you know are they there there thereabouts like, it's tough to well, gauge like it, last year's how good last year's heavyweight prospect was Cyril Gann he was 2-0 yeah. that will show you the lack well, that, of that's, that's, the, that's, the that's, that's my whole point and he's in the UFC yeah, now yeah. so it's it's tough to really gauge where UFC uh, sorry uh, European uh, mixed martial arts heavyweights are so um, yeah don't blame me for that one it's, it's, it's one of the tougher divisions to, to sort of nail out I'd say like this is this could be one of the lower percentage sign. This is a bit of a diehard, absolute hipster kind of look at the the prospects. I feel like Joy will be signed. Yeah. I feel like that guy Shamza Chimiev, if he is able to be signed, they should absolutely sign him. Um, but Brave, I'd say have him have him have a good contract on him if he's fighting for that title. Morgan Sherry, it's a very tough ask with, with Mads Burnell there at the top of the division. Yeah. Um, Mandy Bomb maybe because she's six and zero. Oh. Uh, that's a big record for a flyweight, right? Like for a UFC flyweight. Yeah, definitely it is. And um, no, I think I agree with you though in terms of joy. Like when when Graham's coming out saying, you know, and I think that was Modesto. You know, well, he, yeah. he said that to us when we when we spoke to him in Dublin about joy after that. You know, it, it mightn't be now, but it'll be in the next couple of months where something has been resolved. So I think it's probably only a matter of time before joy gets on that. And maybe they're even negotiating now at the moment. You don't know. With Graham, he plays his cl- cards close to his chest in situations like that, as we well know. So he absolutely. Does and I that. listen. I hope Joy does deserve it, and I hope he does get that call because uh, you know he's a talent. And, and listen, we need we need more European fighters in the UFC, and it's it's great to see him uh, kick on and be so successful in the last twelve months. Will we take a look at um, what happened over the Christmas? Now there was only a few key cards. There was the Bellator Japan card with uh, Fedor v Rampage. Dinosaurs. Noel was. 
fucking really looking forward to it. Um, and we also had the, the Ryzen 20 card, which was absolutely unbelievable. Um, and there was, of course, the PFL. Maybe we start there because it's only really Brendan we're, we're talking about. Another decision win. I mean, you saw the highlights of that, right? Yeah, yeah. This is a problem. They've just put it on Airsport now. It's, so less, you, it's less easy for us to watch yeah, it. It's more watch, difficult. So I couldn't watch it to watch the highlights. On the, you know, it's not the live stream online anymore since they're on ESPN. It's so a silly. pain in the ass. There's no free prelims. I was scaring around trying to find it. And then pain I had to, the to literally watch the highlights on their uh, YouTube channel. They just showed it two-minute package but Brennan it was a pretty decisive win you know he picked him apart and without Ooh. getting the finish and it was a you know pretty straightforward run-of-the-mill win for uh, Mr. Lachlan and uh, good to see him win that but uh, you know it's a big big year I think next year for Brennan oh absolutely absolutely um you know he's gonna have to enter the tournament kick on and win it yeah absolutely. like I mean I feel like a lot of pressure on like him. what's left like is Lance Palmer gonna hang around again like he's won two million now in two years I mean, yeah. I, I guess he'd be pretty confident he'd win three million in three years, but I mean, yeah, I think is it know, the UFC Palmer. time? Are they yeah. going to give him a big yeah. contract? Are they going to make him that offer? Does he add much to the featherweight division? I don't know. It's hard to gauge with Lance yeah, Palmer because you know Uriah Faber talked about him for years. Like, I never it, had any question about Justin Gaethje. I knew he was going in there yeah, and he's going to yeah, kill people. Yeah, I think like we knew that. Gaethje did with the leg kick stoppages left and right all over the race in the PFL, but. You know, it's a di- difference with, with, with Palmer because, you know, Uriah's talked about him for years and he's an alpha male and, you know, and I think he trains a lot Mark Henry and those guys now as well. So it is. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens. But, you know, it, w- w- would he be in the UFC already? I don't know. It, it's a hard one to, to judge. It's a hard one to gauge. And I think the only, you know, sort of way we can we can see that is how hungry he is if he wants to stick around and win another million dollars a PFL or if he wants to really go test himself at the highest uh, mixed martial arts elite level uh, featherweights in the world that are in the UFC but don't be stupid Lance make sure you get paid mate yeah, this is not Tiddy Winks um, Fade Armelianenko back to his best he is the greatest heavyweight in the world at the moment after God. knocking out another amazing heavyweight who was very relevant uh, Quinton Rampage Jackson your comments Noel um, it was the, it was bar, it was bad Barney the, di- <laughs> Barney the dinosaur that gif I sent you man it's yeah. uh, Nah, listen, it's... That's uh, not the way I want to see Quentin Jackson, man. Yeah, I said it for how long? You know, Bellator of all these other young lads that should be, you know, presenting higher up in their cards, headlining their cards, trying to build stars out of them, and they're putting on this uh, garbage to watch. Controversial take for me. Fado looked pretty fucking good. Oh, well, he, come on. He tipped him on the top of the head and he, he tipped him over. plenty of times on the top of the yeah, head. Yeah. Bop, bop, ah, Come on. Like, look at Rampage. Totally out of shape. Big get belly on him. Uh, you know, Fedor didn't look much better himself, in my opinion. And I know he sort of mentioned that it was taken out of context by some of the reporters backstage that, you know, he's going to retire. I think he wants one or two more fights to finish off in Russia. Let's do Brock. Let's do um, it with Brock. Yeah, let's, let's just do it. Like, you know... <laughs> Just end this. Yeah, just end this misery. That's the heavyweights and, and the dinosaurs that the Bellator put on these these cards. And I don't understand it. Like Rampage as well. Like these guys are way over their, the hill and, and way over their best. And I'm not being disrespectful, but you know, I mean, it it it's, it kind of speaks to your it's your point when, when when Quinton has to cut weight, cut weight to make heavyweight. Yeah. I believe he had to like that's yeah. it's not a good crazy, look. It's not a good look for the sport. And uh, I think Bellator really need to get away get away from this. In 2020, um, it, and especially in Europe as well, if they really want to, you know, sort of make any sort of uh, play to be, you know, uh, compete with the UFC because there's just too many stupid fights like this where we're seeing dinosaurs um, in battle. And, um, you know, you go watch feckin' some feckin' dinosaur kids program, you probably have. Uh, You're running out of steam there on this point. I am, no. yeah. I'm just I, I, basically. <laughs> the, 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 the bottom line is I'm pure fed up with this shit, and I think it needs to stop. All right, that's good. Um, the, did you see Michael Venom Page? He absolutely I did. Blu- uh, brutalized Shinsho. I did. Anzoi. 
another win over a very good opponent that isn't quite elite, right? Like, I mean, he's one. very good. Like, Shinsho is good. But. The thing you have to say about Michael is, right, since that loss, he took a little bit of time off. Then he's got back in. And what's that, like three fights in like 50 days or something for MVP? Fair play yeah, to him. Activity is, he's, yeah. he's trying to get something to go going together here, you know. I think we really, really need to start him seeing being matched up against the top two or three well, now. I've like been hearing people calling out, like Mike Morgan in particular from Wow TV, calling for daily VMP too. Some of some, like, like, I like Mike, but some of his call outs are a bit crazy. Like, I mean, I don't, yeah. I'm not jumping up and down and see that fight. I'll tell you what, I would like to see. He was on the same card. Give him Lorenz Larkin. Love it. I That's love a that great fight. fight. Lorenz is a really a, good fighter. He's a great striker. Um, great striker. Um, totally underrated in his tenure here in the UF when he was in with the UFC as well. Um, and I love that fight. And That's a, a really haircut. good call. And great, a great haircut. haircut. Yeah, and a good, really good dude as well. I like I like him. Yeah, a lot. he's a lovely sound guy. Yeah. Really lovely lad. Um, yeah, I love that. That's a really good call. We better have a look at uh, Lorenzo. Lorenzo had a good win on that card as well. Yeah, yeah, very good, but not European. So mm. struck from the record. Um, <laughs> Is Lorenzo not European? Are we not claiming him now? <laughs> no. Um, All right, fair enough. Manuel Cape, um, huge win in the main event of Ryzen 20, which was a fantastic card. Um, I think anyone who watched it from start to finish will agree. Um, beats Kai Asakura, the man who knocked out Horiguchi in his last outing, uh, shocked the world, a huge name in, in Japan. And uh, Manuel Cape now, the bad boy of Risen, uh, who I've been shouting out for a long yeah, time. Yeah, have, in fairness. Um, I wanted him to fight Galler. I think they're perfect for uh, a, a matchup, and, and I still do. But this has blown open the doors for Ryzen. They can now have so many matchups they can possibly make there with uh, Manuel Cape at the top of the division. Tension was on the card as well. Absolutely destroyed some lad. What <laughs> uh, so is he? 22 yet? 21 or something. I don't Crazy. Know. Young. Uh, he, Ham and Hamasaki. Great so fight he, um, there. Um, Mikuru Asakura. Another great win. Rina back to winning ways. Tofik Musayev wins the lightweight championship, the lightweight tournament, and beats Patricky Pitbull. Like, I mean, Jesus Christ, that, that, that's an impressive, yeah, impressive win yeah. to, to, to get there. Like that, I mean, and of course, he's one of ours, which is great. Um, Yuri Prohaska as well defends his title um, over CB Dalloway with a brutal left hook finish. CB... Not CB, surprised by that. I taken, mean, he, we said it last. We said it on yeah, our last show. Yeah. He's going to get knocked out. He should have t- taken that suspension. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, a lot of like they're really the main ones from a, a European perspective. Um, but really, really impressed with Musayev uh, beating Johnny Case and then Patricky Pitbull. That's crazy. Yeah, they're two big names, man. Two and and Patricky Pitbull, Pitbull soccer kicked the face off yeah. uh, Luis Gustavo yeah. in the first round of that as well. Um, yeah, I really love that card. Actually, I love that on New Year's Eve. Because it's in the mornings and you get it out of the way and yeah. then you're able to go and, go and get about your business. If it was just on at 8 a.m. instead of 6, I'd like it even more. Did you get drunk on New Year's Eve? Uh, not too bad. We went to, my friend bought a house in City West, so we went over there. It was a great night. Um, congratulations to Hingo and Emma on their house. But uh, yeah, it was great, great. I had a great Christmas. I got really, really shit-faced for the whole thing, to be honest. I didn't have one drink on New Year's Eve. Well, like, I mean, that'll probably make up for you drinking every other day over the course of the year. It's <laughs> bollocks, I wish it is. Um, yeah, I guess that's everything that happened over the Christmas. So we're going to go to an interview we did with the great Joker himself, Aaron Chalmers, uh, ahead of the Christmas um, about Bellator Dublin, which we're gearing up for now in February. It's going to be a big card, one of the, the biggest card in Ireland um, to start the year anyway. So uh, we'll have a quick word with Aaron Chalmers, who had some great insight on... You know, James Gallagher and Kiefer Crosby and guys like those kind of rallying around him when he first came into the sport and basically making him feel part of something rather than everyone going, who is this guy? 
I hate him. And also, I asked him about Fame MMA UK because I feel oh. as though it would not exist if it wasn't for Aaron Chavez. Yeah, yeah, so um, we'll be back in about 10 minutes for some shy talk and we'll talk to you then. MMAfighting.com and I'm with Aaron Chalmers who takes on Austin Clem at Bellator Dublin on February 22nd. Aaron, a big deal to have you in this neck of the woods. What does it mean to you? I know you spoke about it briefly at, at the press conference there and I've seen you at these events in the past. So, I mean, what, what does it mean for you to finally uh, fight in Dublin at the Three Arena? Jury is it's been. A, do you want to look at the? Just, um, it's been a long time coming. Uh, I, like I say, I watched my first show in Dublin, and that's kind of what got us hooked. The fans are amazing, um, and yeah, what better way to start me my career outside of the UK than than here? Um, I'm just hoping I get a quality reception, which I'm sure I will. Yeah, I feel like you have a great um, you have a great kind of kinship with the Irish fighters. I always see you palling around with, with James and the likes of Kiefer and stuff like that. I mean, have you always got on with the Irish guys? Do you know, fair play, all the Irish lads, when I first started, them lads you've just mentioned, Kifa, James, uh, Peter, they always give us a good shout, whereas a lot of people, a lot of people write us off, whereas they just were like, fair play, you're getting in there and doing it, do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I've had, I've had, a, I've had a, like, a relationship with them as friends since then, me and James get on really well. I met James, I was in New York party with James, so yeah, we've, we've got a good relationship, so it'd be nice to share the card with them, and it's nice to be on a main card in Dublin amongst a lot of Dublin fighters, so I feel very pri- uh, privileged for that. I actually do remember that when you say that about James, because at the time, of course, uh, you bring a lot of controversy with you wherever you go, and he, he did come out and say we need to respect that guy. Did, did that mean a lot to you at the time when he did that? Well, especially when he said it, I was getting so much hate, do you know what I mean? And I just, like, there was there was seemed to be all negative, no positive. So for someone who also gets a lot of hate to come out and say that, he understood, do you know what I mean? And, like, people were crit- criticising us for doing something that I wanted to do. Fair play, I might have jumped the rankings a little bit, but at the end of the day, if you've got two fighters, one sells 10 tickets, one sells 5,000, who are you going to fucking employ, do you know what I mean? Do you know anything about Austin Clem, the guy you're fighting? I know he's an American, I know he's had a rapid ascent as a professional, like he has fought a lot in the last year. Do you know anything about him in particular? Do you, do you prepare for a specific opponent or do you always just worry about yourself? Do you know what it is? I, um, my coach watched him. Um, he's so my coach is watching me give us the game plan I haven't had a chance to watch him yet um, but I, f- I feel in the past I've what like the, the fight that I lost I was more concentrating on what the opponent was going to do and I kind of like I was more thinking oh he does this he does this he come to fight night and he didn't do anything that I thought he was going to do so I'm just going to prepare myself in every in every aspect then there's no corners cut then and whatever he comes out and does I'll be ready for who are you training? Are you still with Renegade now or are you with South Shields? I know you were with Alex Unland. Yeah, what's it? I mean, Unland's a legend of uh, the UK MMA scene. Um, and I know that Team Renegade's a fantastic team as well. What, what forced the move? Was it just a practicality thing? or? So, um, when, I, when I lost, obviously, it, it hit us hard. And then when I broke it down, I broke down the, like, the travelling I was doing a week like to Birmingham. Then my girlfriend was in Brighton. I was, built, like, I was renovating a house in Newcastle. And I think it was like 25 hours a week just sitting in the car. So I thought, I can't, but because I didn't know anything other than Renegade, which, which was amazing, they were amazing. I thought, I'm going to try it at home. I spoke to Alex and he said, I'd love to have you down. It's a great, he said it's a great um, like challenge for him. Do you know what I mean? Because obviously I was quite new at MMA. Um, so now I live 20, 25 minutes from the gym and that, that was it. Just It was purely for practicality. And when my girlfriend moved up to Newcastle and, and her daughter and stuff, it just made sense to be there. Do you know what I mean? 
You are a, a new daddy, I believe. Uh, what's that I been like? Be, not yet. I am um, baby's born May the second, so I'm hoping to get two fights in before the fucking madness starts. What's that like? I mean, does that give you a new kind of motivation to, uh, you know, to, to obviously earn as much as possible and get an even bigger spotlight? Although you're quite used to the spotlight at this stage. Do you know what it is? It's like, you know, like I've now got something to fight for. I've now got, even though my missus has got a daughter and stuff, now I've got a baby that we're going to be relying on me for the next 18 years and it's kind of given us a new lease of life to, to try and push myself even more whereas I feel like in the past when I first started I would fight and then just go off go off for a bit whereas now now the baby's coming it's next year's just going to be all about training train, training in, in, in family life that's me now so long gone are the party days I have to ask you this, right, because uh, Jake Smith, you'll know him, a fantastic journalist from Newcastle, he told me that Clems, as in your opponent's second name, he says to get hit in the Clems in, in Geordie talk is to get hit in the balls. Did you think about that as soon as you were a match with this guy? Not until you've just said it. And when you said Clems, I was like, ah, oh, that's your ball, that's your ball, that's your balls. Um, but yeah, I mean, he can hit us in the balls, he can hit us in the chin, but at the end of the night, I, like, I, really, do, I really do think... Back in 77, I'll knock him out. How, how different is that, actually, without the without strain in your body? Did you feel that, like, when you were trying to get them catch weights in and stuff like that? Not not so much the catch weights, but when I first um, when I first went down to 70, uh, I lost a lot of muscle. I was more I was just running, no strength and conditioning. So when I, when I was hitting pads and stuff, when I hit him in the cage, it was just like it felt like there was fucking no power. Do you know what I mean? So I've went back to what I what I what I've done at the start. Well, I wait. Um, not much weight to cut and I keep a lot of power so I'm hoping that I can bring that come fight night Final question Aaron and, and I must say uh, the, for the, from the media point of view you have won, of, won us over you, you came in and you've fought many times uh, you've taken on hard challenges but I saw this fame MMA thing pop up your day. I know you're a big supporter but I was like would this have happened if Aaron Chalmers never went to MMA I don't know if it would have I'm going to be honest I don't think so because um, my my manager was a big factor in bringing fame over to the Newcastle show. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I think I've got the ball rolling. And it's good because it gives other people a chance, people that maybe look on the outside thinking I can do it, to see how hard it actually is when that cage door shuts. So on Saturday night, it's kicking off. Um, and I think I might be commentating, but if not, I'll be in the crowd thoroughly enjoying myself. I think it was very funny because I remember when it was just launched, they were like, and maybe the, the winner can fight Aaron Chan. I was like, hang on a second, lads. Like, I mean, do people not understand that you have put yourself through a, a rigorous few camps now at this stage? This is the thing, like, I think, you know, like, <laughs> people get ahead of themselves, do you know what I mean? Fair play, a lot of the, like, Sam's been training at my gym, but people do get ahead of themselves, think, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll fight on fame, I'm going to be on Bellator, I'm going to be in UFC, but... It's not that easy. It's a different thing, isn't it? it totally. It's a, like, I didn't fight. I didn't fight another reality TV person. I fought a kid who had 35 Thai boxing fights in my first fight. So there's a bit of a difference. Um, I wish I fought a reality TV star because I could give a few of them a fucking smack. But it never come around to it. But you never know. If the offer is in a few years' time after the Bellator contract, there's a few I, would, I wouldn't mind giving a dig. <laughs> Just finally, what way do you see this one going, Aaron? Do you have a prediction? You were, you were talking about it there. I mean, you've, you've won by submission. You've won by knockout. What does, what does this one feel like it's going to be? Do you um, from what I've heard, he's southpaw and he's a wrestler. So it's going to be... Of trying to just avoid takedowns, but then he, if he takes us on me back, I, like I've been, I've been training really hard. Do you know what I mean? But I'm gonna go back to what I like doing best and taking people's heads off. Thank you so much, Aaron. Man, a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you so much to the Joker, um, Aaron Chalmers.
a man who was fantastic banter on Twitter referred to you as Steve two weeks ago. I don't know if you saw that. That was brilliant. Didn't see. What did he say? <laughs> He's going. Did he? I love the podcast, lads. I love that co-host Steve. You have. <laughs> Is that his name? Yeah, I didn't Noel see is staring that, through I, my soul I, I, there. He's actually livid about I'm this. I'm not happy. Aaron, I'm sorry I let the cat out of the bag, my friend. Sorry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we have nothing really to... He was nice to my face, though. He didn't sound to me in Dublin. <laughs> oh, you know this is a joke, Noel, yeah? I don't like jokes. <laughs> I'll I'd, forgive I'd, him, it's a new year. I'd back Chalmers and I'll let him off this time. Um, but, yeah, we don't really have anything to talk about. Um, so, tell me, like, I mean, what... what what became of you this Christmas that made you so teetotal? Probably lack of fucking money in my bank account. I'm not going to lie to you. I spent a lot in presents and stuff, and I was pretty much. Oh, I didn't go out. I, I just drank my house. Oh no, 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 yeah, no. I didn't even bother. I didn't even bother, man. I was just Stevens Day. I did. I now I did have a lot in Stevens. You sent us the picture yeah, of you, you on the tracksuit. Respect. Yeah, 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 you got that. And uh, so I went over in Stevens's day um, across to the, the wonderful Church Town stores in Beautiful. Church Town. Um, in fairness, the lads like the lads in there. They love me. I got how, like a, how could they not? I got about eight free points. I'm not no joking. Way. Yeah, the lads are saying they're great guys. There. Poor lads getting fired um, now. I did. I did do a video for them though. In fairness, so I think it was sort of even it up. But now they're great guys and they're great. Full nude or great place. Uh, great full new, nude. New bar. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> did a video for uh, for the. Uh, did you just spread the them. You can see it in their Instagram page. But um, spread them. He's smiling and blushing. Basically, went over for one of the lads a couple of points before the United match. Um, and Jer pissed off then and he goes oh I have to go home for my dinner I'll see you after so I end up staying around watching the United match on my own then a few more of my mates came in by accident um, then I went home for a few hours one of the lads called over we had a load of beers kept drinking then I went back over to the uh, church and stores then over to the Glen side then back to Jerry's stumbled home like literally stumbled home at about 5am so um, in that one so night you were in more pubs than I was over the whole Christmas probably yeah but I, I <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't drink much. I didn't. I didn't actually. That was only the only night. I didn't go out New Year's. Yeah, that was at a few points on Christmas Eve. Very timid. Very timid. I didn't have I feel, a point at all. I don't feel great. I never feel good because I'm so unhealthy at the moment. But um, I feel way better than I normally do in January, which is great. Yeah, oh, yeah I'm actually pretty all right. I've been trying to detox myself down yeah. because I have to wear a suit at this fight and I can't fit into yeah. one anymore. Oh uh, shit! Uh, yeah, put on a good stone there over the Christmas. So down six pounds already, but it's. It's going to be touch and go. Yeah, but it's, you know, the thing is, um, you know, over Christmas and stuff, and, you know, people moan, they're going to January, oh, I'm going to do this, going to give it, fuck your New Year's resolutions, and that bollocks quit and stuff. Don't depress yourself at the month. Take it easy. Do what you if fucking want to do. If that's too fit me, I'll be doing absolutely nothing. It's ridiculous. <laughs> they're, they're idiots, all these fucking, you know, plonkers going, oh, what's your new, New resolutions, New Year's resolutions are just fucking for the birds, like, well, like, stop. It's easy for you to say being so perfect and all, though, isn't it? Yeah, it probably is. Like, but <laughs> there's no improvements to be made with you, no. <laughs> no, there is not. I just, no, listen. Just I don't like people getting themselves in a knot about things in January. Fuck it. You know, wait till February to do that or end of January. Well, like the one thing I take from this is that you're still the same positive guy that you've always I been. Am. I'm, that's what I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be positive. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no. Listen, it was a it was a quiet one, but uh, yeah, yeah Grant, it is what it was. I got meldy in my gaff um, on Christmas Day, and I didn't realize how drunk I was. I like maybe this cocktail kit thing because I always, whenever we were out in town, we go for dinner, and I always get cocktail in Roberta's before I go home. It's called a boiler maker, <laughs> and Elaine got me all the makings of it. And they, Jesus, and I had like four of them before I went around to Elaine's gaff. My brother made every one of them. I didn't. I was, I was scuttered, man. I had two glasses of wine on Christmas Day. That was it. I was walking around the corner to a lion's gaff, going, "You are fucking meldy, mate. Like you, are, you are not going to be able to speak." But I got in, did all right. 
stayed awake for about two hours and then comped yeah. out, obviously. But uh, glad to see everybody getting involved with the Stevens Day tracksuits. Um, you know, gave us a lot of looks there. Woke up really hungover after all those cocktails and all the beers. And I still gave us three different tracksuits to choose from. <laughs> and it was uh, an eventful day. Even Reggie had a tracksuit. It was fantastic. <laughs> but... Um, I yeah, a that. good one. It was a good one. Uh, great to have my little niece Lucy. Uh, she's three, so she's buzzing for. Mm-hmm. That adds a lot to it, doesn't it? Like when they're ah, kind yeah, of so yeah, excited yeah, and stuff. Six or seven of the little fuckers running around and wrecking your head, and yeah, it's good crack. Like, but uh, yeah, I was to be honest, I was working a bit as well. I was football and there's loads of stuff on during Christmas, so kept me. Be- how long, how many shifts really did you have over the, the week there? From a low, four or five, four. Really, yeah. yeah, yeah, I was in a lot like the last couple of weeks. So uh, I was in all the busy sort of days with the football on and rugby. So. Tired as well, like working late in, in the evening over Christmas is a pain in the bollocks, but and it was good crack, good crack, good crack. Sure, I wasn't complaining. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to the year of mixed martial arts. Look what we have coming in the first three well, months. Well, this is like, this is a pivotal, pivotal thing uh, on the 18th of January. Massive. Against Michael Cerrone, I mean Donald Cerrone. <laughs> Michel Cerrone, <laughs> a French waiter. <laughs> That's what I to Brad. But, I mean, it's, uh, it, it feels like there's a lot hanging in, in the... You know, waiting in the wings for what happens there is Connor this guy. I mean, if he is better than ever, like as John Kavanagh says, he's gonna run through Donald Cerrone. If that's the case, if he's be- yeah. if Connor McGregor is better than he ever has been, this fight won't go one round. That's yeah. why I'm, that's as why you I'm said, worried four or five. The, why, rounds, why, the best, con- the best version of Connor McGregor doesn't doesn't go five rounds. No, yeah, so um, no, I agree with you. I think there's a lot on the line. I think there's a lot of pressure on Connor, as we've uh, talked about in that there's interview. A lot of pressure on John as well. Yeah, there is a lot of pressure on John. But um, you know, the UFC are clearly um, looking at Connor as well. Something we probably haven't talked about. Dana did an interview last week, um, and and you know I think what did he do? What did he say? Sorry, he was just basically saying you know oh, it's, a, it's a big fight for Connor, and you know I think a lot will depend obviously on the result of what he's going to do in, in twenty twenty and, and his season and stuff like that. You know wins obviously. This season take, thing is is wild. Is, it's yeah, taken on a new life of its own. Everyone's hasn't it? talking about it. So I think um, a lad fighting three times in a year I, is not that. Strange. I think. I think the yeah, it is. It isn't. Yeah, it's that's. It's bonkers. But I think there's a lot on the line for the UFC as well, and they want Connor to win. To make no bones about it, they want. Um, what, do, what do you think of the theory that I'm seeing that they actually don't care and they're not. Nah, they they're do. not pushing this as much as they used to. Just to hear my point first. Yeah. <laughs> they fuck it out. So they're, they're pushing. They're pushing out this, and uh, they're not promoting it as much because they're saying to Connor, "Oh, you want some stock in the company? Show us how big you are then." Break, break like John's on there, like on Twitter, kind of giving out, but saying that we're we're making a big thing of the Irish people aren't interested. This is going to break the pay per view record. No, it's not. It's, gonna, not. it's not. Like it's not going to come near it. Sniffed like. up, no. Not That's a, not going to come near it. Like not a chance. Um, but um, do, do you know what I mean? Like, do they have like in the UFC's mind? Do you feel like they're still putting all their apples in the Conor McGregor basket when they've like Israel Adesanya, Jorge Masvidal, all these emerging stars? I don't think so. Uh, not all of them, but but it certainly was that it, like that for a long time. It's certainly um, an area in which they need to. We say this every year at the end. Every year they they need to do more with other fighters. And in fairness, they've they've done a lot this year um, with certain fighters. But that's an ongoing process. And you know, Conor in terms of the company and what they have at the moment, probably is the still, you know, the biggest draw. But, you know, Habib's knocking on the door. Uh, Masvidal's knocking on the door. They've, that's probably pissed off Connor as well to a large extent. But at the end of the day, the UFC do need draws and they need pay-per-view draws like McGregor. And I think, um, I don't necessarily think they're trying to get away from him, but they're probably just making him hungrier. And I think this adds to the pressure as well. For, you know, another thing that we probably haven't... Does he remain as one of their big draws if he loses this fight? No. 
Do you think he's down to like three or four or five? Well, we see it happen with, with, with every fighter. Yeah. You know, all our sort of... Even Brock Lesnar. That, that's what I mean. You know, people sort of lose interest when, when fighters start losing. It's a sad state of affairs. It's a sad state it's fickle. Way. It's, fickle. It's, it's a fickle it's industry. Fickle. And, you know, we talk about it. You know, a win does a lot in Ireland. It does a lot in America. It does a lot for any sports personality. Um, look at Ollie Soldier, for example. Oh, brilliant couple of games. Right and now and he's... Yeah, exactly. That's my point. <laughs> That's my point. They don't want to know about him again. You know, it can change from a week-to-week basis. But, yeah, I still think the UFC very much are in Connors. Um, you know, they want Connors to do well. Like, they have too much riding the line. Yeah. A Bieber rematch, potential narrative with Ferguson as well. Then you have, obviously, Maz, but you have these other guys. There's way too much money there for the UFC, not for them to, to want Conor McGregor to lose this fight. And on that note, we will leave it for this week. Great to be back with the, the man with the earphones. <laughs> the man <laughs> with the earphones. The it's dreadful. Um, the legend, the Southside King. Yeah. Doesn't even know his yeah, own neck of the woods off. enough to pick a fucking coffee house. Imagine coming to Blanchetown and going, PZ, where's good to go in Blanchetown? I go, the Blanche Center. I'm not like the all Blanche Blanche you, you, you posh Northsiders going out drinking fucking coffee every day. You drink coffee every day? Yeah, at home. I don't fucking go out and pay 16 quid you for You do a Starbucks. Yeah, you do, yeah. I don't. Every recommendation, Starbucks. It's just a, a Every recommendation, Grafton Street. Handy and everyone you're a tourist in your own city, my friend. Okay, fuck you. But thank you very much. You should move back to Gildare. You know that like the back of your hand. I don't know what you're talking about. Love you's loads. See you next week. Look. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today